Good morning. I'm Trudy Paul, the associate pastor here. Uh, most of you know that, but if you don't, I'm still Trudy Paul, the associate pastor here. And as you heard, most of you have asked me this morning already that our lead pastor, Forrester Benny, has COVID. Uh, he is doing well, and uh, he said he's feeling pretty good, but he will have to obviously be in quarantine for a few days. And if you're there, good morning, Forrest. We're all in our places with bright, shiny faces. And morning again. Our scripture lesson this morning is from Genesis 32, 22 through 32. Jacob wrestles with God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, meaning Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. So this hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered. Then the man said, your name will be no longer Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Pen Ael, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Pen Ael, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because of the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, as we have come in this holy place today because you are here with us. As we worship together and we listen to you together, and individually, may we hear the words that you would have us to hear, touch our hearts to carry on the work that you have for us to do, to cleanse our lives and move forward as you would have us to do and to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to look at the life of a man who was basically nothing more than a deceiver. We're going to look at his life and maybe examine some of it now that, and see how this changed for the better. We're going to find out how Jacob received the blessing from God that changed his life. And I hope as we hear this about Jacob this morning that we too can know the story and perhaps apply some of it to our own lives. 
Jacob took advantage of Esau when he was hungry. He deceived Isaac for the blessing of his firstborn. He tried to marry the youngest sister against the culture and the custom of that time because the oldest or the eldest should be married first, not the youngest. He got the strongest and the best of the herd in his inheritance. I don't know what we would call him today. Maybe you could think of a word. Deceiver is what he's called. A brat. A scoundrel. But God blessed him. And that's what this is all about this morning in this lesson. Now, even in God's uh, encounter with Jacob early on, uh, God wanted to bless Jacob. As he always wants to bless you, and he wants to bless me. He wants the best for us, and he wants us to win. But Jacob said this, God does what he says he will do, or God does what he says he will do, then he will be my God. And God wants to bless all people. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have done, where you have been. As you look at your life, God still wants to bless you. And we say today through Jesus Christ. Oh, there's one more thing. He wants to bless the people that you don't think should be blessed. The scoundrel, the deceiver, someone that has hurt you, someone that has deceived you, someone has not done well by you or to you. He still wants to bless that person if they will come to him. Because you see, he wants us to win. Now, the important thing, if he can bless a man like Jacob, he can bless people like us. And yes, bless people like perhaps we think should not be blessed. You see now, Jacob's tired of being a scoundrel and a deceiver. Seemingly, he's had his own way of doing everything. Oh, he's, he's done very well. His wives, his children, all of the possessions he had. But yet, there was something missing. There was a hole in his heart. We talk about that a lot, don't we? We too can have things, so many possessions, and life going just exactly like we think it should. But yet, those possessions and those relationships do not have a lasting effect. There's a hole in our heart for God that nothing else can fill but our God. So now, Jacob is going to come home. He's going to come home. Now, his mother, Rebecca, had said uh, earlier about uh, Jacob, when Esau settles down, I'll, I'll send for you. 
Well, it never mentions any place else that I know of in the Bible where Rebecca sinned for him. Maybe Esau didn't settle down. We don't know what happened there. But God was the one that brought Jacob back. God wanted an encounter. He wanted the encounter with Jacob. So Jacob is coming home. How many years had it been since he had been gone? Well, frankly, he was afraid to go home. That showed a little bit of sense, don't you think? Don't you think he ought to be afraid of his brother Esau? Stealing his birthright right out from under him, his inheritance, everything. Perhaps even in this day and time, we may call it something different. We've seen that many times in families that have split families. So you see, it's not a new thing, nor has it gone away. He might have been even afraid that, that Esau was going to kill him for all the things he had done. In that day and time, perhaps it, they would think as a custom, he would have deserved that. But yes, Esau was coming home to fill that hole in his heart, whether he knew that was why he was coming or not. Now, as we said that, he came to the uh, Jabbok River and was crossing it. But see, he was going into Esau's territory. So he says, well, maybe I better send some things ahead with some of my, my servants. I'll send some animals. I'll send some camels and cows and goats and some a whole group of things that maybe, maybe this will ease it and Esau will forgive me. And maybe Esau will want to see me. Kind of reminds me, you know, when you have a spousal or a significant other dispute, you know, and, and things have been going along and maybe one or the other has done something they shouldn't. And they come home bringing flowers or candy and somebody say, what have you been up to? Not that I've ever been in those places, but boy, those roses sure were pretty. <laughs> I think we've all been there someplace or another. But he sent those ahead, perhaps, that Esau welcomed him. Or maybe he meant it genuinely, but it says he sent him ahead to soften and to see what Esau's reaction would be for him coming Something else happened. Later that night, he sent his family, all of his goods, the rest of his servants, on the other side of the river. And Jacob stayed where he was. Jacob was alone, completely alone. No one around him, no possessions. He was completely alone. Maybe he wanted uh, Esau to say, if he came in the middle of the night to attack him, he had no idea what Esau and his men were going to do. That he was sending his family to safety. That might make some marks for him. Really don't know if that's what he was thinking. But at that time he prayed and prayed. But he remained there praying on the opposite banks away from his family because he knew clearly the crisis that had come in his life. 
anything may happen the next morning. And again, Jacob prayed and he prayed. There was nothing more he could do. There was nothing more to be protection for him. He was in the dark and alone. It was not only the darkness of the night. Perhaps it was the darkness of his soul. His soul that he had not had a good relationship with God. Yeah, he had a superficial relationship. I think most of us in the room would know what that super relationship is. We call on God when we need him. We get scared. We need something. But he had not built a relationship with God. And God wanted that so much. God wants that kind of relationship with you and with me. And so many times we do not take the time for that. Before we really can expect God to be in relationship with us, we must be alone with him. Things must be quiet. And when I say alone, it's that God will know and we confess to God. He already knows about us. But sometimes we need to be alone to think about what we are like, what we are lacking what our relationship really is before we get a blessing from Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing that we as Christians have was the blessing of Jesus Christ, the little baby that we just celebrated not long ago in the manger, growing up, dying on the cross, rising again, for our salvation so that we didn't have to fear that we wouldn't die. Now Esau was talking about a physical death, so afraid. But you see, when we have the belief in Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid. We have the assurance of the blessing of God, of his only son dying for us. We simply just have to accept that and come to him and believe that. Now, Jacob was alone with a man and wrestled with him until dawn. Now, the identity of this man was a secret at first, but, but as we read further into the text, we find out that absolutely this was no ordinary man, and it didn't take Jacob very long to figure that out maybe an angel, but then he realized he was wrestling with God himself. But God brought him down almost on equal terms, being human with Jacob, to put them on the same level. Can you imagine that kind of love that God had for him, wanting him to come to him so he could bless him, to put himself on that level, on even terms to be blessed, we must keep striving for it. And in the scripture, and there wrestled a man with him until the break of day. 
And when he saw that, that he just couldn't fight him and, and he wasn't going to win against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And Jacob's thigh was out of joint, just by the touch. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. Boy, he was stubborn, wasn't he? Boy, he was strong. I remember when I was a kid, about five years old, my best friend Harry lived right next door. And he did something. I don't remember what it does. I probably was in on it, but I'm not sure. But his mother started chasing him, and she fell. There was a hole there or something, and she fell. And she broke her hip and found that out later. I had no idea what that meant. All I knew that was she was uh, lying on the ground and just writhing in pain. And she said, I need help, I need help. So we got her help. We felt sorry for her. But, oh, I had never seen anyone in such pain. So can you imagine someone with a broken hip still wrestling and fighting? How much that blessing meant to Jacob. He would not let God go till he blessed him. He just kept on fighting with his strong will. Not too many people, I frankly don't know of anyone that would do that. And to reiterate, Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Now clearly, Jacob obviously knew it was a heavenly being, it was God. That he had divine powers. He kept holding on to get what he so desperately needed. He was going home. He was going home. He had tried everything else. He was a deceiver. He had everything his heart could desire except that hole in his heart getting bigger there are times when things get hard spiritually and physically I don't know what your struggles are today I know what mine are and I believe truly that we all have some type of struggles whether they're spiritual physical what we are wrestling with those who persevere will be blessed. Whether it's financial that you struggle with, whether it's health issues that you struggle with, things in your life that you just simply can't change, but you hang on and ask for the blessing of God. And he will give it to you and persevere. And he said, and Jacob said, I have seen the face of God. And my life is saved.
the fight in our lives is not so much with what we have, what we do, but it is the circumstances that we deal with every day, but the change in our hearts. It's how our hearts are. How is a heart? Are we so hardened that we can't hear the love of God through Jesus Christ? Can we not hear them, him in the circumstances saying, I want to bless you. Because you see, God wants all of us to win. He wants us to fight the world and all the temptations and all the things that goes on in the world. But he wants us to be in relationship with him. And a relationship isn't one that you say, I need your help today because I'm scared or a few times, probably more than I can count on my fingers and toes. Please, God, if you just help me with the exam, I'll study harder the next time when we're in a jam. When things go wrong, when we know we can't handle them, somebody else can't, we turn to God. He doesn't want a superficial relationship, but he never gives up on us. Never gives up on us. He wants a real relationship. A real one. When you stop to think about a relationship where you have someone, a friend, your spouse, family member, that you talk with very often. You share your secrets with. You share your desires, your goals. You share your fears. Not being afraid of being judged. That's the kind of relationship Jesus Christ wants with us. That God wants us to have. So we can be blessed. I was told that many things about I did when I was younger. And this just came to me a few minutes ago. When I was thinking about it, my Uncle Sam was a Nazarene evangelist. Later on, he had a huge church in Florida, Lakeland, Florida. And he just died a few years ago at the age, I think, of 93, something like that. Well, my grandmother was so proud of him. And if, if any of you are old enough to remember, I'm afraid to ask. But they used to have old-fashioned tent meetings. Anybody remember that when they go out? I, I'll, amen, back here. But I don't remember because I was about three years old. And the sawdust, all I remember was the smell of sawdust. That's all I remember in a tent. I thought that was so cool to get to go to church in a tent. And my grandmother sat on the front row, and she was so proud of him, rightfully so. Well, no, I am not talking about or talking down other denominations. But however, for a three-year-old, my Uncle Sam, being six foot seven and a half, very tall and very slender, as most of my father's people were, he was pacing back and forth and back and forth. I don't know what he was saying, but later on I could hear Come to Jesus tonight. If you don't, you're going to go to hell. Do you know where you're going to go tonight? 
And I was sitting on the front row, being about three. And I said, shh, Uncle Sam, you're going to scare the people. And he picked me up and in his big old hands and held me up. And he said, well, Trudy Lee, what would you say? And I just said, come to Jesus. He loves you. And he said, well, people, I think that's just about the sermon for the seed. That's what Jesus is saying now. Come to Jesus. He loves you because he wants to bless you so much. He wants ownership of your life and my life. That's what the wrestling was about. Because you see, Jacob wanted God on his terms. If he would do this, I would do that. But he got to the place, he said, Lord God, I need you to fill this hole in my heart. I need you to bless me. Hopefully we all get to that place where we humble ourselves. There was a little boy, and I'll call him Jimmy. That was not his right name. But he was about three years old. The cutest guy you ever saw. Just ask me. I could tell you all about this little guy. And you say, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And he'd look around the room and say, well, I don't see him over here. And I don't see him over here. And, and I don't see him here. And I don't see him here. But he said, I can't see him, but he's in my heart. Jimmy at three was not old enough to know where his heart was. But he knew Jesus was in his heart. So he didn't have to grow up and go to an anatomy class to find out where Jesus was. We don't want a superficial relationship with Jesus Christ. Jacob wrestled when God said, let's stop. No. So when you're wrestling with issues, remember Jacob. Remember him that he fought till he was blessed. In pain that he was. Fought till he was blessed. Yes, there are a lot of horrible things that go on in the world. A lot of things that we have to face every day. All you have to do is turn on the news and it breaks your heart to see that the two things that really just break my heart is when I see the little children, and I know why they do these, the little children that are hungry and starving and the little animals when they're shivering and cold and, and out and being mistreated. I just can't, I cannot watch those commercials. I just cannot do that. But God sees us as little children, maybe out in the cold, like a little puppy that can't take care of itself. He wants us to come. Even if we have to wrestle with him, 
that's okay. So he can bless us. To bring, really bring guidance in our daily lives and decisions. Okay, you kids over here, listen to this. It's very important that we allow Jesus and God to help us with just the little decisions we make in school, we make in our lives. Because those little decisions become big decisions and can mount into big problems. The hard times, hopefully, will get us to see that the greatest need is not the deliverance from the hard times or the broken hips, but deliverance from ourselves to belong to our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what God is trying to get Jacob to do. God knows where Jacob's heart is, but Jacob, he doesn't know where it is. If he wants to be blessed by God, we have to have a change of heart. That hole is in our heart. No matter how much we have, no how little we have, no matter how great we think our lives are, there's an emptiness, an emptiness in our hearts for that one thing, our God, to fill that. And that is filled with the love of Jesus Christ. Jacob heard God say, your new name is Israel. You have one with God. It's no longer Jacob, the deceiver, the heel grabber, the brat. You are Israel. And how his life changed, how his life changed. We walk today in our world, whatever we want to call it, a sinful place where Satan, the evil one, runs rampant. And we're caught in the middle of that. And as Paul says, we are to be in this world, not of this world. And it's a hard one. It's a hard one for me. It's a hard one. But it's a moral virus. We go around, we are so frightened of COVID and so many things, and the viruses that go around, but yet we forget about the moral viruses that we have that are so easily caught, so easily caught. So if we think about those, Israel's new name. To be blessed, we must be willing to walk a new way. Jacob walked in a new way. 
And it says, as he passed over Pen Isle, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon any hand upon his thigh. And it says in our text, the children of Israel to this day will not eat that part of the tendon that was connected to his hip. Touch the hollow. God touched it and broke him, but yet he would not give up till God did bless him. see that Jacob probably at one time walked very erect, his head held high in a quick step. But now Israel walked perhaps more humbly. Israel walked with a limp the rest of his life. Remembering God and the blessing he had. Maybe the same will be for you. But knowing God is with you. That he has blessed you. That he will work with you. He watches over you. Gives you his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness and salvation. Is all you need. Just as Israel that Jacob knew. There is a little plaque in my office I've had for about 29 years now. A lady gave it to me uh, when my husband passed to life eternal. And it says, when you realize that God is all you have, then you know that God is all you need. It still hangs there. And sometimes, I'm like you perhaps, the world creeps in. But when I look at that plaque, the things of the world fall away, except the things of God. Are you ready for a new life? Do you need to make some changes in your life? Maybe you don't need to. But I say... Put the other things on the other side of the river and stay alone. Examine your life to be alone with God to see what things need to be changed. Leave some of the sins behind you. Start off in a new life in this year of 2022. Be able to walk a different path. The name of this, if we had had papers to hand out, I would have had being broken. Broken is a blessing. And the patriarchs broken had uh, but blessed in uh, Genesis 32 for Jacob, like the rest of us. Sin is a moral value, as I said. That is wrecking havoc in our lives. It's wrecking havoc. A moral value, a virus if you will. Take these words, 
do with them as God would choose for you to do. But remember, he wants you, he wants me to be a winner, to walk with him, to have the best, and not to fear, nor to be lonely, and fill up that hole in our heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.